now Hello everyone, this is episode 121 of Grace, Peace and Balance podcast by Gabi Abdelgadir. I have got another incredible gentleman uh, that I will have a conversation with today. His name is Jonathan Ellis and I will read his bio, which is very short, but you will get to know him in a bit. Jonathan Ellis is <clears throat> a fashionable thought provoking change agent. His servant leadership facilitates the combination of excellent entrepreneurial skills and a corporate flair to create a leadership experience that is unmatched. Jonathan diligently works toward empowering 10,000 entrepreneurs globally through his incredible focus and passion. In a world where authenticity is at the order of the day, it is clear to see that Jonathan's knack for problem solving shines on many levels. His personality is magnetic, that's true, leaves his business partners and followers yearning for more. Jonathan is a faithful husband and a dedicated father. He thrives in the corporate world and is a passionate and gifted speaker. He is a phenomenal life business coach and mentor with a proven track record of lasting and powerful success. As a thought leader, he stretches both the imagination and preconceptions of those who seek to learn. He facilitates personal and professional growth wherever he goes. And I will be posting his bio and all his social media links everywhere. And you do get in touch with him. Jonathan, welcome to my podcast. Pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me. Good. So tell us a little bit about you growing up. All right. Well, I was born 40 years ago as of <laughs> uh, this past Tuesday. I just had yeah. my 40th birthday. Happy and... birthday. Yeah. Thank you. I was born and raised here in the Atlanta, Georgia metro area. Okay. So this has been home. I have moved away one time right after I graduated high school as the restaurant that I was working for in high school promoted me to be an assistant manager of one of the stores in Tennessee. So I immediately after graduating high school, I mean, within days, I moved to Tennessee so backing up from there, a little bit about my upbringing is I was born and raised into a Christian family. So I have known church my whole life. More important, I have known God most of my whole life. Um, and that has been just the cornerstone of my life, really. I come from a background. We didn't have we were not flush with cash by any means. Uh, we had all the essentials that we needed. And we were well taken care of. I have two absolutely wonderful parents. And, you know, they did a great job taking care of myself and my two older brothers. I am the baby of three boys. And I still haven't quite figured out if parents stop with their last child because they can't take any more or because they reached exactly what they wanted. Hadn't quite figured that one out yet. <laughs> I, I'm going to go with the latter because it swings more in my favor. <laughs> I know because always the youngest gets more attention. The first one does, and then the middle one is from my experience. What I noticed from people is then the youngest one always gets the most attention, and not only of the parents but of the siblings as well. Is was that the case with you? 
how were your brothers? Were they like spoiling you or you were fighting? How was it like? Oh, we were fighting. We were okay. boys. Um, we fought in a brotherly way, though. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, you know, I, I'm not sure. I really don't know. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, so then in Tennessee, then what happened after that? You went to Tennessee? Yeah, well, that was jumping way up to after I graduated high school. Um, as a youngster, I was not exactly the most well-behaved. I was obsessed with professional wrestling, was is the key word. I was obsessed with professional wrestling, and I felt like I should just do wrestling moves to everybody and anybody, no matter where I was. Oh, and I did. God. Okay. So I was not a very well-liked child. Thankfully, I did calm down as I got older. Um, so that was bringing me up. I did decent in school, A's and B's typically. And when I got to my senior year, I started working for a company that did pressure washing. They pressure wash tractor trailer fleets. Mm -hmm. And I will never forget, we would drive down the line and the person in charge would call out numbers. The other one would mark them down. And I asked them, like, what are we doing? They said, it's clean enough, so we're going to put it down as clean. So they were stealing money, getting right down to it. They were charging for things that were not being done. Mm -hmm. That didn't sit right with me. And I said, you know what? If this man can do so well being dishonest, I can do so much better being honest. So that's how I got into business. I started a pressure washing business when I was 19 years old. Oh, we wow. just celebrated the 20th anniversary of that company back in March. And, you know, it's still going. It has brought me a lot of interesting experiences. I mean, running a business for 20 years, you're going to learn a lot. Yes. And, you know, we based here in Atlanta and we covered 13 states <gasps> at the peak. So we grew. I mean, we we did very well. We were very, very blessed with that company. Are you and, still running the same business? I still own it. Okay. Still own, you still yeah. own them. Yeah. I do still own it. It is not my passion anymore. My passion is taking what I have learned in 40 years of life, taking what I have learned in 20 years of business, taking what I have learned in 18 years of being a father and helping people increase their life. You see, I did not understand the concept of mentorship when I was younger. Okay. It was just me. Nobody ever taught it to me. It was just me to learn. My parents encouraged me. My parents helped me. But they couldn't really teach me the steps along the way of doing business. I got married to my first wife when, well, we started officially dating when my oldest son was three years old, or three months old, excuse me, three months old. Okay. However, she and I were friends prior to that. Okay. I was the third person in the, ho uh, the hotel room, listen to me, <laughs> in the hospital room after he was born. And so, you know, I was there from the jump. We officially started dating at three months old of him. And we ended up getting married. And she gave me the three most incredible, most beautiful daughters ever. Aww. And so we were a family of four. That did not last. 
no matter how much one person wants something, if both are not in, it's not going to work. True. So that fell apart. And in the state of Georgia, there's something called the cool down period. After you've signed all the divorce documents, you have 30 days for it to cool down. Well, in that 30 days, we decided, you know what, we're going to give it another go. So we did. And we were officially separated for seven and a half months. We got back together. It it just was not meant to be. I mean, I don't even remember how long that lasted, but, you know, she texts me one Sunday. I was at, at church and she says, we need to talk. And I said, about what? She said, this just isn't working. I got up out of church right that moment and went home. To be real with you, it was music to my ears. It, it wasn't working. That sent me into deep depression. You know, like I said, I have been raised in a Christian home my entire life. You marry until death do you part. And it just wouldn't have worked. Not, not in that situation. So it really sent me into deep depression. I was scared to death that I was going to lose my kids. I was scared to death, you know, she was going to move away. And I just, my relationship would fall apart with them. Well, several years later, and I do have a mental block on the exact times of all of this stuff. I can't tell you when I was divorced. I can tell you that I've been with my current wife now for five years. However, in that time, my wife and I, my current wife and I got together and we moved in together several months in. Uh, we weren't married or anything, but we did move in together. And very shortly after that, I mean, like less than a month after she knew, well, backing up a little bit. When we divorced, she moved into the house with her boyfriend on the north side of Atlanta. Okay. I, I let go of the house. I paid my way out of the lease that we were renting, and I moved back in with my parents, which was the south side of Atlanta. Now, if you know anything about Atlanta, Georgia, the path between where I was living with my parents and where she lived could take 45 minutes, or it could take about three hours, just depending on when you left. Mm -hmm. So I saw them every Tuesday and every Thursday for a dinner date. And then I had them every other weekend. That Tuesday and Thursday, it consumed almost all of my day. So what I did, because I was afraid I would buy or rent a house or an apartment or whatever, and then she would up and leave. So I was not willing to put roots down. So what I did was I went and bought a 39-foot diesel pusher RV. I lived in an RV in a Walmart parking lot for about a year and a half. Oh, Wow. It was wonderful because their school was a mile and a half away from me and where they lived was a mile away from me. I was back around my kids. It was wonderful. Okay. And then my current wife, Kate, and I met, started dating, and I moved in with her. And within a month, Kelly, my ex-wife, sent an email saying the kids now live with you instantly like that. They were back with me full time. Oh, wow. So essentially we switched roles where she saw them every other weekend and she wasn't even sticking to that. So we went back and did a modification. And due to some things that have happened 
this week, as a matter of fact, I actually talked to my ex-wife for the first time in many years, Tuesday, which was also my birthday. And coincidence how all that worked out. However, that was it. And so now my entire family lives here and my current wife, she lost her husband. He passed away and they had two babies. Unfortunately, he never did meet the youngest one. So we are a full-time family of eight with it being Noah, my oldest son, the three girls that my ex-wife and I had, and the two boys that my current wife had with her late husband. So that kind of brings us to present. That's beautiful. There we go. So a big family. That's beautiful. Yeah. So, yeah, you've been through a lot. So how did you get, when was the trigger, like the moment, that you went into personal development and uh, leadership. How did that come about? You run, you have a big family, you're running a business, businesses actually not one business. And then boom, you, your passion became into helping people. When was that trigger? The leadership thing started when I was in school. In seventh grade and eighth grade, I was the leader of the Christian club at my school. So I was already involved with being the leader of the group. Uh And then, of course, when you own a business, you're the leader of the business. You're the leader of the employees. Yes. However, where the definitive mark took place was 17 years ago, I went to something called the Real Estate Wealth Expo here in Atlanta, Georgia. (laughs) I went primarily because Tony Robbins was going to be there, and I was curious to see, learn, and just be around him. Well, there was another gentleman there that took the stage first, and his name was Marshall Silver. And I kind of liked what he did. Um, He is a hypnotist and a personal development coach as well. I bought into his program. And my wife at the time, myself and my parents, went to his baseline program. And... I will never forget my mom looking at my daughter because one of his big things is eating fire. When you go to my website at thoughtprovokingchange.com, you'll see me eating fire on the website. Okay. And that is where I learned it from 17 years ago. Okay. And I will never forget my mom looking at my wife and saying, don't you hurt that baby. She was pregnant with our first daughter at that point. And so I started learning there. And it really ended after that simply because to be true my ex-wife did not like the idea of any of the personal development stuff she definitely didn't like the speaker there and out of respect for the relationship i backed out of it never did lose the fire never did lose the passion for it well jumping several years ahead i like i said was going through a divorce and i went through life coaching programs because you teach what you most need to learn yeah and my life was falling apart like i said i was in depression yes and i became certified as a life coach during that time now i never did any that was nine years ago okay and i never did anything business-wise with it however i did stuff helping people, 
I utilized it with my employees. So I never did let go of the skills. I just never positioned myself as a coach per se. Well, two years ago, I got hooked back up with Marshall once again. Mm-hmm. He was doing a program and I went to it and then I bought, I'm the type that I'm all in. Whenever I believe in somebody, something, I am all in. Mm-hmm. So I went there and went through that program and met my current business partner. We are doing so much stuff together. It's just unreal. Some of the people that are in the community with us now, they are there from that very first meeting two years ago. And it just kept evolving, kept evolving, kept evolving. I was at one of his other programs and I've been to Tony Robbins stuff. I've been to multiple things. This is just really where the story goes. Mm -hmm. I was at his top tier program year and a half ago. And I was in his hot seat. They knew what I did. And they knew that I was with every stretch of the imagination. I was an overachiever without a doubt. I had done very well, and they knew that. And he asked me one question while I was in that hot seat. He said, Jonathan, are you happy? I said, no. He said, are you fulfilled? I said, no. That program continued to go on, and it's almost like the heavens opened up, the light was shining in, and it was like, this is what you are to do. Okay. I remembered it, just kind of moved on. Well, then things started developing. I was in another group, and his CEO, the CEO of that company, and one of the other members of that group was up at my house one Sunday as they went to church with me that Sunday. We were doing the uh, Talk Masters Table Talks, 365 Mm -hmm. questions. You answer one a day. Well, the CEO, she stayed behind. I mean... She was never up to date with hers. I had actually gotten behind. I do believe that was the first time that I had gotten behind. And the other guy, he wasn't even doing it. So I said, you know what? Let's sit around my kitchen table. Let's use that time. And we all get caught up with her, which meant I got way ahead of where I was on track for. And the other guy, he just got, he jumped way ahead. An hour and a half later, we ended. And we had so much fun doing it. I said, hey, guys. Let's get together every Wednesday and let's just do this. Let's let's catch up on the table topic topics. We did. And then it switched to Monday and it evolved from just doing the table talk talks to full speeches to full immersion. And then we turn it into a community. None of this was what was planned. It's just the way that it unraveled. Yeah. And now we have a growing and thriving community. And it is just incredible. Monday mornings, we do allow anybody and everybody to come in. It's at 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time at Mm thoughtprovokingchange.com. And the remainder of the calls, they are members only. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the members get all the goodies, without a doubt. As an example, last night, we had a special speaker with us, the one, the only, Sir Dr. James Dentley. He was with us. You know, you saw my picture with him, him giving me a signed book. I did. I did. James is absolutely incredible. Wonderful, wonderful guy. Yeah. I, um, 
I sent him a text a couple months ago. Well, no, not even a couple months ago, a couple weeks ago, really, probably three or four weeks ago. And I asked him about being on with us and he said, yes. And it happened last night. And what's so exciting to me is we have so many more people that are going to be coming on that have, you know, name statures like him. I have a very, very extensive database in my phone and I'm so excited to bring the other speakers on with us. It's going to be a great time. So Ex- join if you haven't joined already. Yeah, excellent. Yeah, I'm thinking about it. Um, that's amazing. The the name thought provoking. How did you come out with that name change? Yeah, I am one that likes to purchase digital real estate. Said differently, I like to purchase websites. Okay. Because when you find a website, especially a .com that the words make sense and they are real words like my cleaning service it's called cleancrete it's completely misspelled because i couldn't get the other dot com so at that point i decided you know what anytime i find a dot com that's available and has names that go together or words that go together i'm buying it i don't know how many hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of websites i own <laughs> So when we decided to do this, I went down through my list and that was the name that I already owned. So that's where that name came from. Yeah, it's a beautiful name. It's a beautiful name. So do you read books? Oh, my God. Okay, Um, list for me, name three books that change your life. The Bible is one. Okay. Greg reads Three Feet from Gold. Okay. And Ryan Stuman's G-Code. G code. Okay. I didn't read the next two. So, you know, I was at a meeting with Greg Reed about four weeks ago mm-hmm. and he was giving away some books. I raised my hand when he said three feet from gold. I raised my hand and he said, you don't have this one. I said, no. He said, well, then how in the world do you even know what I do? I read that book and my daughter came into my bedroom one day and she snapped a picture of me where I had fallen asleep and the book was on my chest. Oh. Prior to that, I never really was a reader. I would read here and there, read one book, maybe two a year. Oh. Generally, not even that much. Um, I read Greg's book. Like I said, it's been four weeks ago. Not mm-hmm. even. Mm-hmm. I have read six full books since then. And I, I started my seventh book yesterday. Yeah. It's 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 very addictive. Once you start, it's very addictive. I yeah, am yeah. an addict in every sense of the word since my childhood, though it's nothing new except that the last twenty something years I focused on leadership and personal growth. But I used to read since the time my brother taught me the alphabets before even I started school. So right. I love books. Yeah, books do change, do help a lot. Yeah. yeah so that is that and um what does leadership mean to you? What makes a leader a great leader, in your opinion? What makes a great leader is somebody that leads by example, not somebody that says, hey, go do this, and then they leave. A great leader is somebody that says, that understands people learn kinesthetically, which is by touch, visual, by sight, auditory, by hearing. Yeah. Everybody doesn't learn the same way. 
learn what the person that you're teaching learns by, what their learning path is, and teach them. You know, for so many years, almost all of those 20 years in, in full transparency, I didn't want people to know any of the inside workings of my company. Because my thought was, they're going to learn what I'm doing. They're going to see how much money I'm making. They're going to get in business for themselves. That's a fear tactic. Mm-hmm. Now I am all about bringing people on. We have nearly uh, three people working behind the scenes with thought-provoking change as we do members. And I am all the time looking for somebody to lead different departments because I had this thought philosophy of you start small and then you scale fast. Yeah. But I am all about building that firm foundation. We just did our hard launch uh, March the 1st. Mm -hmm. So we just launched really not even six weeks ago. And I don't invite just anybody in at this point because I want to make sure that our foundation is so solid that it's immovable. You know, one of the things that uh, James, uh, Dr. Dentley said to us last night was you can't hit rock bottom. All you can hit is rock foundation. Whoa, wow. that blew me away. Powerful. Because when you have that foundation built, you're, that's as low as you're going. And we're building this like nothing else you've ever seen. So that that's where the char- the mark of a true leader comes in at is somebody that will teach you. I am all about teaching people everything I know. Well, but Jonathan, what if they take the knowledge that you impart to them and they go compete against you? That's great. Let's go. Because they will be able to touch people that I will not be able to touch. And I'm okay with that. Let's, you know, whether we join arms and join forces or we're competitors in a sense, my vision is to see people get the help that they need. Does it come from me? Does it come from somebody else? And succeed. And succeed. That's it. That's it. So because what you wish others comes back to you multiplied. Bad or good. So that's what I believe in. Like, I'm all about karma. Like, always be good to others. Always help others. Whenever you need it, help will come to you from the least expected places. And it's happened to me in my lifetime many, many times. Yeah, so I believe that. That was beautiful. Practice what you preach and uh, be there for a good leader is always there for their students, right? Or their clients. That's it's it. not always true. about money because there are so many out there. They're all about money. Uh, right. It's so sad. Uh, show me the money. Then I will. And then they will help. Like I have seen them. I have seen it a lot. So, and then they get the money and then they probably would have like one call or two calls and then right. they, they're busy. You can never get hold of them. And uh, yeah, so Money comes to you when you give first. That's, That's right. what I believe in. It doesn't Press come down, not... together. Your cup will overflow. Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. So, and uh, that is what it is. And we're talking about competition, like for example, in the CLA uh, group, right? There mm-hmm. are how many publishers? There are quite, quite a few publishers. There is no competition between them. Mm-hmm. 
she has her own, he has his own. There are at least four or five publishers, book publishers in the group. How many coaches and leaders and mentors are there? You're one, like, you know, um, there is no competition between right. any of them, right? So, um, so competition, there is a healthy competition. There is also a non-healthy competition, right? So it's about supporting one another and helping one another that is that so i'm going to ask you three questions of the topic okay if there are three countries you would like to visit before you die what countries would they be three Fiji, Fiji uh Greece okay and let's see where's where's the next third <laughs> Fiji, uh -huh. Greece, and probably Argentina. That one was a toss-up. Argentina. Okay. So, okay. So, beautiful. Beautiful. So, those are beautiful. And then if there is one wish that you haven't fulfilled yet, but you would love to fulfill before you die, what would it be? That is a tough question. You haven't fulfilled it yet, but you would love to fulfill before you die. To impact over a million people. You know, when I first did my biography, I put down to impact 10,000 people. Yeah. And I was actually, I just picked up a role with a company. <laughs> We're going to be going to 21 different mega churches, very large churches, okay. and speaking. How hard is it going to be to impact 10,000 people? Now, are you going to impact 100% of the room? No. Yeah. Nobody is. No. However, our first event that is next, uh, it's in June. Mm -hmm. There's going to be 10,000 people at that one event. So that was kind of like God opening my eyes up to say, son, you are thinking way too small, way too small. And yeah. this business has evolved so much yeah. even since, it, since our inception. You know, I said we did our official launch March the 1st. It's been going on since before then. And the absolute changes that keep happening, it's incredible. Yeah. I was just speaking with one of the one of the attendees, and he made the comment. Well, I, I told him, I said, "You're about to see some massive changes," and he said, "That's what I like about you, Jonathan. Is you will change it to make it better. You're absolutely right. Aww. Dance somebody else's dance until you have a dance of your own." Yes, beautiful, beautiful. He said, "Oh my God, that is incredible." So, what is one advice? you give to the younger generation? To the young generation. Mm -hmm. Define young. Those late teens and early 20s or mid 20s. Nobody owes life to you. Go out and make it happen for yourself. Do not rely mm -hmm. on the system, whatever your definition of the system is. Do not rely on your parents. Do not rely on your friends. Get off your lazy rear end and go work. And for those of you that are not lazy, keep it up. But go work. The world is yours for the taking. Map out your goals. 
begin with the end in mind and go. Do not overplan though, because when you overplan, sometimes you stay on that exact same path and it does deviate. And since you're so headstrong on not deviating and staying on that plan, you might miss something. You know, if I am tasked with getting to the end of the street, I'm not going to sit there and say, well, I'm going to go out and walk. Because how many things would I miss from my house to the end of the street? Who's to say that there's not a bicycle along the path that would make it easier and faster? Who's to say that somebody doesn't come by and pick me up and carry me down to the end of the street? But if I am so focused on, I got to get to the end of the street and the only way is to walk, how many other things do I miss? So always keep an open eye. And it's okay to change the course of action, but also do not let that be an excuse to quit. It is perfectly fine to change the course of action, but that does not mean it gets hard. So you quit. Yeah. Keep your head up and keep going on. I believe in you. Thank you. That's beautifully said. And one advice for coaches like you and I, be authentic. Thank Authenticity you. goes so far. Thank you. One, one person that I used to sit under, I, I considered them my mentor at the time. They have a saying, time will expose you or time will promote you. That's very, very true. True, yeah. Have people watching you from behind so that they can... If they see you deviating from who you say you are and who you truly are, have them pull you back on on course. Everybody needs accountability. Yes. Everybody does. Yeah. Even when you are a go-getter. I'm I'm headstrong. I've been in business for myself for 20 years. I, I can motivate myself. And every time I have accountability partners, I grow faster, I achieve faster, I do better. True. But it's very important to have an accountability and then have a decent mastermind group, you know? Yeah, yeah I believe in that. That was a great advice. Thank you so much. Anything else you want to add before we call it? Man, everybody that's listening, first off, give it up for Gabby. She is amazing. Oh, thank you. And she has told me that she is joining Thought Provoking Change mid-May, so she's put a date on it. Cannot wait for that. Because we have not only amazing Monday, Wednesday, Saturday calls, we offer so much more. You are going to have access to all of my social media. Jump on there. Follow me. Like me. Subscribe me. Do whatever, depending on the the, uh, platform that you're on. Head on over to thoughtprovokingchange.com. Look at it. See, it is for you. And then join with us. And then you can hear the amazing messages that are brought to you, the incredible accountability that we hold each other to, and the amazing speakers that we bring in. Dr. James Dentley, we had uh, Israel Mandrake with us the month before, and I have some celebrity people that we are finishing the deal with to get them in there. So y'all definitely come in 
and hear what they have to say, hear what everybody has to say, because we all build each other up. Yes. It's not a fest where you come in and Jonathan talks the entire time. I don't. We play off of each other. We build each other up. A community oh. is stronger than a single person. True. Beautifully said. Beautifully said. Thank you so much for being uh, a guest on my podcast. It's incredible to know you and it's incredible to talk to you all the time and message with you. And um, I really appreciate it. Okay. Until the next time, everybody, I will be posting all his social media links both on uh, YouTube and Podbean. Do get in touch with him. Subscribe to his YouTube channel. You will not regret it. You will just get addicted to listening to him. And until the next episode, wishing you grace, peace, and balance. Thank you. Great day.